0: This is Prevent Defense, the podcast.
1: What's going on, everybody? This is Elliot Shore Parks with another episode of the Prevent Defense podcast brought to you by Radio.com. It is Thanksgiving week. That means it's football week, which means we have the one, the only Brian Baldinger. He was made for these type of weeks. Baldy, first question for you. What's your your ideal Thanksgiving Day plate? What's Baldy throwing on his um, Baldy Breakdown Thanksgiving Day plate?
2: You give me all the uh, the dark turkey meat and all the stuffing and uh, all of the tater tot uh, casserole and uh, sweet potato pie you can give me. Yes, and then I'm saving stuff for because you know Thanksgiving means you need to have a lot of pie, and I'm saving room for every kind of pie that somebody's going to prepare.
1: And you need the leftovers. Like I'm big on not I'll do a ton on the first plate, obviously, but then later on, the turkey sandwich I think is better than the turkey initially. I'm I'm more of a fan of the turkey sandwich. I'll go scallop potatoes over mashed potatoes if I'm picking. Normally my mom hooks up the mash, but I'll tell her to do the scallops, a little stuffing. And then I agree with you, the dessert is kind of the, the main thing for me. Like apple pie. I'm a big pecan pie guy, pumpkin pie. So yeah, that that's where I'm going with uh, that's where I'm going with my Thanksgiving. But as you mentioned, it really also just comes down to the games. Comes down to whether they're going to be good football games. We're lucky we have three three pretty good games. Honestly, Bills at Cowboys, two playoff teams. Falcons are playing better. We get the Saints visiting them, and Bears at Lions. That's probably when you want to eat your Thanksgiving during that game. I mean, I know the Lions are, uh, uh, you know, obviously every year they play on Thanksgiving, but that's probably when you want to eat your Thanksgiving Day meal. But before we get into those, I wanted to talk about the MVP ceiling performance that we saw on Monday night from Lamar Jackson. Five touchdowns, almost 100 rushing yards, absolutely embarrassed the Rams. Just before we get into the X's and O's and why the Ravens have been so good, just what were you thinking when you were watching that? Because I was thinking we are watching the NFL MVP.
2: Well, I've been saying it basically for, ever since he went to Seattle, and they beat Seattle in Seattle, I don't know, six weeks ago or so. I, I've been saying he's, he's been the best player on the field. And you think about the schedule that Baltimore has had. You know, whether it is Seattle in Seattle, whether it's the Patriots, you know, whether it is last night against the Rams. I mean, they're playing good teams and good defenses. And it doesn't make a difference. I mean, they steamrolled the Rams last night. And it was interesting just studying the game uh, today, Elliot, because what you see now, is a level of frustration of defenders that you just you don't normally see in any kind of a game. You know, when you score, basically it's the first six times you get the ball and you go the length of the field, you just see guys like Eric Weddle, or Corey Littleton, or Aaron Donald, or Jalen Ramsey, where they just almost feel, you almost feel like I'm not saying they're giving up, but the level of just frustration with here they go again and we can't stop them you see it now on a regular basis if I just put a clip together of football players that everybody knows about and you just saw them hang their heads at the end of plays that Lamar Jackson helped make you it, it, it's kind of amazing of, of just how he's able to break your your sword during these games right now and that's that's what that was the lasting memory of what their execution was like last night
1: Yeah, and I think if you're demoralizing opponents, that's really the only MVP case you need, right? Like, Russell Wilson is playing at a high level. I saw the Seahawks this past Sunday in Philadelphia. But he's not been as special and as just electric and demoralizing as Lamar Jackson has. And I also think that Lamar is going to get a lot of, obviously, hype for MVP. He's the favorite at this point. We need to talk about the Baltimore Ravens coaching staff as well as potential head coach of the year candidate with Harbaugh over there. I mean, Mike Shanahan doing a great job in San Francisco. There's certainly some great coaching jobs out there, but what we're seeing in Baltimore is the perfect tie of an elite level quarterback playing with an elite level coaching staff. Like they're both complementing each other. I watch the Eagles here each week, and nothing's working for them. But they're not. They're not. One isn't helping the other. Carson's not running Doug's plays correctly. Doug Peterson's not calling great plays. But in Baltimore. It's just the perfect mixture, and that's when you see blowouts like that happen, when you have the quarterback and the head coach working together at such a high level.
2: Well, it is, and, you know, if you just – I mean, this started last year. It actually started when they drafted Lamar, because I remember talking to to John Harbaugh and Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, a year ago, and when they made the switch from Flacco, and, you know, the, the season was slipping away from them. The Steelers were way out in front, and they made the switch. And really, when you talk to them, they put this offense in when they drafted Lamar. Now, Flacco wasn't running these plays, but the offense was in. And Greg Roman had great success with this offense with Colin Kaepernick, you know, back in San Francisco. And so when they made the move to it, every, if you look at how this thing is built, uh, you know, Orlando Brown, Zeus, is the right tackle. I mean, everybody said, oh, you know, he runs a six flat four. He can't play football in the NFL. Well, he can play great football in this style of offense. If you look at when they sign Nick Boyle to a big tight end contract, you go, why what's he do? You look at his blocking, or if you look at the drafting right now of miles Boykin and of Hollywood Brown, you go, Oh, that's why, you know, and if you look at just how they're building this just offensively, because defensively, they've rebuilt that as well. Um, and, and bringing in Marcus Peters was the finishing touch on the best secondary in football right now. But, When you look at the offense and how they built it, it's just – now, when you win seven in a row and you're dominating your opponents the way they are, it's easy to say, yeah, this was smart. But it was smart, and it started a year ago. And when they pulled the cord on Joe Flacco, there were people like, oh, you know, this guy can't do it. And, you know, and and not just he can he do it. He can do it at a level that I'm not sure we've seen many quarterbacks ever do it at before, especially the way the offense – is. They're going to set an NFL record. They're on pace right now for the most rushing yards in the league. In fact, they're running for more yards per game right now than four teams are throwing for yards in wow. a passing league. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking. And then, you know, if you look at the touchdown passes and his runs, we're, he's over 30 touchdowns after 11 games right now. I mean, we're, we're looking at what Cam Newton did four years ago,
1: but even at a higher level. Do you think... Greg Roman is going to get a head coaching job next year, or do you think he's going to want to stay in Baltimore and continue to work with Lamar Jackson? Because if I'm another team, and obviously I know he runs a specific type of offense, and there's not a lot of Lamar Jacksons walking on this earth. I mean, he is probably the most talented quarterback, probably the most talented quarterback right now from just a raw skill level in the league. But do you think Greg Roman will be a head coaching candidate? He'll definitely be a candidate, but do you think he'll get a job next year?
2: Well, I think it'd be crazy not to Interview him and not to talk to him. I mean, I've known Greg. He's, a, he's, you know, he's right from the Jersey Shore here. I've known him when he's been out of work because he's been out of work a few times. Um, mm-hmm. And I've known him when he's been in work. He's always the same guy to me. He's been good to me. But I've seen him coach high school football here in New Jersey. I've seen him coach, you know, at the highest level, Super Bowl games. Um, you'd be crazy not to talk to him because really you have to look at the NFL, Elliot, can only take what the college game gives you, right? So the college game is giving you a lot of read option and dual option quarterbacks. That's what the high school mm-hmm. is giving the colleges. So you got to think right now that Lamar Jackson is a template. Now, listen, he he ran the he won the Heisman. He was most exciting football player in college for almost two years in a row. So you're right. There's not a lot of them out there. But if you started like projecting, what's what's coming out of high school right now? Who's in college right now that the best athlete is playing quarterback? Because that's what is going what Lamar is doing is going to tell high school coaches, put your best athlete at quarterback. Okay. He might be the best basketball player in your high school. Put him at quarterback. Let's teach him how to throw. Let's work with him. Let's teach him how to make progressions. Let's teach all those things. It's going it's to start. I'm not going to say floodgates, but it's going to start saying, you know what, we can put the best athlete at quarterback. And we can win football games. And if Greg Roman was there, I mean who better to look at the college game quarterbacks if you got to start from the ground zero with a quarterback because you know they took Trace McSorley he was that guy at Penn State and they've got Robert you know Griffin the 3rd he was that guy at Baylor and for the first two years in Washington like you can win with that guy now we got to see if he can stay healthy we got we got to see all these things he took too many hits last night but I'm done I'm done trying to police that part but yes I think People should talk to Greg Roman about how he is putting this together. Because I don't think that we see, well, even what we saw is perfect as it was last night. There's still next levels to this offense. Like, it can still grow. I saw unbalanced lines last night. I saw, you know, power runs I hadn't seen yet. Like, there's still another offshoot of this, depending on how defenses are defending him right now.
1: Yeah, when you were talking about that, I think back to that clip of Harbaugh talking to Lamar on the sideline. I think they were playing the Bengals, and he's saying there's going to be a lot of kids out there wearing that number eight Lamar Jackson jersey. And what it's also going to do is it's going to make a lot of kids want to play like Lamar as a young Mm -hmm. player. I mean, I remember growing up, I wanted to be Allen Iverson. That didn't work out for me. But when I played, I tried to play like him. And I think that when you look at young quarterbacks around you know, just around the country, they're going to want to grow up playing like Lamar does. They're going to want to run. You're going you're to see the best athletes start to play at quarterback. So in addition to MVP, I do think we're watching an important changing of the guard type of thing happening in the NFL. Now, it's going to be hard to do what Lamar does. He's playing at an unreal level. But I think more and more kids and more colleges and young quarterbacks are going to be trying to uh, copy that. Now, a style not many people are going to be trying to copy unless they want to lose every week is what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing right now on offense and how Carson Wetz is playing. Another disastrous performance. I mean, two years ago, we would have talked about Carson like we're talking about Lamar right now. He was playing at that level. Not the same style, but he was playing on that same dominating type level. He's a mess right now. He's just a complete mess when I watch him. Inaccurate, doesn't know what he's looking at, making bad decisions. The offense isn't helping him. I was at the Eagles-Seattle game. Before we get into what I saw, I want to know when you did your baldy breakdown. What are you seeing from Carson Wentz right now?
2: Well, I have uh, purposely tried not to be too critical because that's just piling on. Um, I, I have put out uh, plays here and there. I haven't put out nearly the worst of what you saw. Uh, he's got a, a major case of the yips right now. And all you have to do...
1: Um, when you say the yips, just, to, just, to, well, I mean, just, just talk, real quick you know, for I, the listeners, what, what do you mean?
2: I, I'm talking about Chuck Knobloch not being able to throw the ball from shortstop to first base. You know, exactly. something that you, he did his entire life. I mean, Carson right now, if you went back to high school in North Dakota or you went back to North Dakota State, forget about in the NFL. If you went back to his high school days, Carson could make the, the throws that he's missing right now. Like he's missing the most basic play, screen balls, screen passes to Miles Sanders. that are just sailing over his head. And all you have to do is look at the reaction of Carson to know how bad it is. I mean Carson is covering up his helmet like he can't believe the ball came at like the ball came out of his hands like he can't hide it it's it's that bad right now forget about the misreads or you know Zach Ertz on the first third and 8 over the middle of the field where he's running just a simple dig route and he throws it behind him and all Zach can do is throw a hand up and just tip the ball I mean that ball should have been intercepted on the first third down of the game so you can talk about the shuffling of the offensive line. You can talk about, you know, Greg Ward or JJ Orsega Whiteside or, you know, Jordan Matthews, who's not there and shouldn't be there. You can talk about the receivers all you want. This game comes down to quarterback play. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. either make you better or they don't. And when they don't make you better, and it's magnified because you can't convert third and fours and third and fives to stay on the field so that your offensive line can go to work on an average defense, and run the ball a few more times, maybe get, I don't know, get Jay Ajayi back on the field and let him put his will on. When you can't do those things, everybody in the organization, including the equipment people and the secretaries, everybody suffers. And everybody is suffering right now because the quarterback is suffering. And really, the the question really is right now, because it's not about who they play, because they, 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 they're not going to beat anybody in this league right now the way they're playing. So the question is, because I saw, like, for example, Elliot, I saw, we all did, we saw Sam Darnold struggle like nobody's business on a Monday night game. I saw him against Jacksonville where he didn't have a chance to, he he couldn't complete a pass. And then I saw him last week and he looked like a top five quarterback in the league. Uh, You know, in a game against the Raiders on a team that was playing pretty well. And he looked top five. Now, that's in a month he's been rebuilt. So that's, to me, is Carson is capable of doing that, but what are you going to do for him? Obviously, they, they try to go max protection, get the ball out of his hands fast. They're trying to do all those things that's not working. I, mean, I think they've got to like literally scrap the playbook to a large degree and go, okay, what do you feel best doing, Carson? Rollout, bootleg, um, read option, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I mean, give me five plays. That you absolutely can do falling out of bed this morning, and let's put them in, and let's put them, and let's repeat them, and let's let's do what you like best. You know, three re- three receiver triangles, flood flood routes. I mean, give me your five best plays. Let's start from there. I mean, that's really you got to rebuild them from the ground floor up right now.
1: Yeah, that's the the problem with where the Eagles are at because I think Carson's problems are are large scale right now, right? Like he's having confidence issues he's having accuracy issues these are things that you know not even the miami dolphins can solve now i do think the eagles have a chance to go on a bit of a run here with three winnable games but like you're saying with the level they're playing right now they're not going to be the dolphins if they played like they did against the Se- against the seahawks right they're not going to play a tough divisional opponent the giants aren't great but the giants always play them tough like they're not going to beat those teams i agree with you i think one thing the eagles could do better is roll Carson out. He's just not good in the pocket right now. He's not, he doesn't know what he's looking at. He has bad pocket presence, he's not accurate. So I would roll him out, try to get him some confidence going that way. One thing you're hearing here in Philadelphia is the receivers are not, are, are the kind of the reason this offense is struggling. And there, there's parts of it. I mean, there's routes where it looks like a poor Carson pass, but maybe it's the receiver's fault. But overall, Carson's engine has to make this team go. Like the receivers, J.J. White whiteside He's a rookie. Greg Ward was on the practice squad on Saturday. Even when Alshon comes back, Alshon is not Julio Jones. He's not Odell. These guys can't carry the offense. Carson has to do that. Now, the question is: I think for the Eagles, the next five games of the season, it's more important for them to get Carson right than it is to make the playoffs. Like if they lose these games because the defense doesn't play well or they lose a close game with the Cowboys, you know, you live with that. But if Carson doesn't play better for these next five games, the Eagles are in real trouble moving forward because outside of that, when you look at Carson, there's not a lot of young players in this roster to be be excited about. Well, look, this was
2: whether, you know, Joe Douglas, Howie Roseman, Andy Weidel. I mean, their front office was the day that they made two trades to get up to number two, to take Carson, um, that all they were going to do was build around Carson. Now you can argue that they haven't done a great job of that, but, you know, at the same time, you know they had they had more offensive line depth than any other team in this league. They had two quality tight ends, and you can argue that. I mean, Dallas Goddard does lead them in touchdowns, and like all you know, you know Jordan Howard was a, a decent power back. I mean, you could argue a lot of different things, but they really have put a lot of resources into Carson, and yeah. they're not going to change that. But if the quarterback is struggling to the level that he is right now. And there's no turning your back. I mean, they have to make this work. So I agree with you, Elliot, from that standpoint of the most important thing from this Thanksgiving day on for the next five weeks is getting Carson right. The way the Jets got Sam Darnold right. The way the Bears have to try to figure out how to get Trubisky right. Like like the way the Rams have to try to get Jared Goff right. I mean, these teams are all kind of in the same boat. The Rams and Eagles are different than Chicago because they've given max deals to their quarterback. They have to continue to build around him and he has to be good. He's got to be a top 10 quarterback. That's what you're paying him to do. Otherwise, you can't you can't unload the contract and you really are I don't want to say stuck because then it sounds negative and defeating. But that's if I'm Doug Peterson and you know I'm I'm you know I'm all these different guys Mike Rowe and all these guys over there You have to literally be up all night long trying to figure out how you're going to repair this right now.
1: And it is critical. It is critical in the next five weeks. Now, the reason I think the the Eagles are such a perfect juxtaposition right now from the Ravens is that the Ravens are doing everything right around Lamar. They're coaching him right. They have the right players around him. But Lamar is finishing the job. Lamar is playing at a high level. Mm -hmm. A comparison you hear here in uh, Philadelphia is Russell Wilson wasn't great early on. He was better than Carson's been, but he wasn't that level of player yet. And then the team got rid of some guys, Richard Sherman, like maybe guys that didn't super get along with Russell Wilson. And then because Russell was able to play at a high level, that ended up working out. So you're right. They need to build around him. But at the end of the day, Carson needs to play better than he is playing right now. Otherwise, it's not going to matter who the head coach is. not going to matter who the receivers are because he can't even do simple things right now. So these last five games are about getting Carson his confidence back before we get into these Thanksgiving Day games, Obaldi, oh, I got to tell you a story. And as you know, the people that listen to this pod every week, they've heard it. They know it. Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can, too, by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And his technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job, so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed at how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, Baldy, it's no wonder that four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire, and you can see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. When you try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R, Baldy, the first, play, the first Thanksgiving Day game, Bears at Lions, two teams that are kind of trending in different directions. Obviously, it's no Matthew Stafford. Uh, not going to be on the field. His season's probably over with the back injury, something I saw Carson go through here in Philadelphia, and they're smart to be uh, cautious with him. The Bears, disappointing team. I mean, when we saw this schedule come out at the beginning of the year, we thought Bears and Lions would be a good one. What matchups are you looking for in this game?
2: Well, the one thing, if you say, okay, what do I want to really look at between Detroit's offense, Chicago's offense, Detroit's defense, Chicago's defense? I mean, the best part of that quadrangle, is the Bears' defense. And they played lights out good last week against the Giants. I mean, Khalil Mack got the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands. Everybody does, it seems. But, I mean, they're they're playing good defense. They're playing without the best interior player, Akeem Hicks, all year long. But they're they're playing at a high level right now defensively. And so if the Bears are going to make a move, it's going to be because the defense just becomes a shutdown defense. And that's the one area right now. They're going up against Jeff Driscoll um you know he's a scrambler he's not a great player uh, He struggled through three picks last week against the Redskins um you got to force him into mistakes and like a lot of young guys you can do that and I would say in that first game that's what's going to be highlighted people will be looking at Cleo Mack and he's having a good season it's not an MVP type year or anything like that but it's a good solid season he misses a Hicks, but he's still a guy that if you leave one-on-one with the Detroit tackles, he can ruin you, and he can change the game. He did last week, and he's more than capable of doing that. And on the back end, on the corners, I mean, they're good. They're good everywhere on defense right now, and it shows. I mean, they're the fourth-ranked defense in this league, and that's what I'm going to be looking at in this first game.
1: So two teams within the division, obviously at this point, the Packers and the Vikings seem to be a few cuts above them, right, both for now and for the future. The Vikings have a quarterback to build around. the The Packers obviously have Aaron Rodgers. The Bears and the Lions are two teams in interesting spots. On one hand, the Lions have been able to count on Matthew Stafford for a long time, but I still feel like their future is brighter than the Bears right now because the Bears are still attached to Trubisky. Like until they move on from him, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. They're not going to be a consistently winning team. Who's which franchise do you think has a brighter future right now?
2: Well, I think. I mean, I think that the Lions have to eventually move on from Matt Stafford. I mean, I know he's got a big contract. I don't know what that's like. They're going to need a quarterback and the Bears need a quarterback. I mean, there's nobody in Chicago that believes in Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he's as bad as what everybody else says. Um, I think they've got a lot of other weaknesses on that team, especially on offense. Um, You know, they haven't been able to run the ball all year long. Uh, It's been a, a big issue. I think Matt Nagy gets too cute with the offense and trying to create cute plays. I think he's in love with that. And that's not – its just no foundation to that kind of stuff. That stuff works when you get the basics done and you have to concentrate on trying to stop, you know, eye formation, power runs. When you have to stop that stuff, that, and then that stuff kind of works. But, you know, I don't think either team is in, is in good shape. I, I think that Matt Nagy probably has more staying power than, Pat, than Matt Patricia right now. Uh, I don't I haven't seen anything from Matt Patricia to say, OK, I mean, he's the answer in Detroit. I, I mean, if they moved on from Matt Patricia, I wouldn't blame him at this point. I mean, there's nothing that looks fixed to me when I watch that defense play. And it's it's been going on for two years right now. I mean, you go, OK, we brought Matt Patricia in and you're, you know, you're you're 25th in the league on points and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not a great position to be in. They've been
1: stockpiling defensive players now for a long time. So the next game, I mean, I don't even know if we want to pick a winner in that game. I'll just be thinking about what I'll be eating for Thanksgiving during that matchup. But Bills at Cowboys, easily the best game of the day. We got two playoff teams. The Bills, I saw them in Buffalo, did not impress me. But they just keep finding ways to win games. I mean, 8-3 and three now. Uh, clearly, they, they have a playoff spot, if not locked up, pretty close. They're, they're at 8-3. The Steelers are the second team at 6-5 and five and no other team in the AFC. And the wild card pitcher has uh, fewer than five losses. So they have a good hold on where they're going to be at for the playoffs. And then you have the Cowboys obviously coming off that loss to to New England. I think if it's not raining in that game, the Cowboys win it. Um, But after the game, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about, Jerry Jones, extremely critical of the coaching staff. As Jerry loves to do, he talks after the games, and he says, look, the the coaching staff at this point, I think Jason Garrett's the biggest reason that the Eagles are even still in the playoff picture. The Cowboys should be running away with this division with the talent they have on there. Do you think Jason Garrett should be coaching for his job?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, if if Jason was sitting next to me, I think he, you know, I mean, he doesn't want to talk about it. But I think that right. he knows what's at stake right now. I mean, there's already rumors that, you know, he could be with the New York Giants. I mean, I, I think those rumors aren't just out of thin air. Um, you know, he was he'd been up there before. But, yeah, I mean. You know, you can't score a touchdown against the Patriots. and uh, You know, they, they. You know if you look at these games, whether it's the Jets game, they couldn't gain a yard against the Jets when they needed to get a yard. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has not been, you know, a, a dominant back. Uh, they couldn't finish the game out against the Minnesota Vikings at home. Uh, they can't score twice down there inside the 15-yard line of the Patriots. No matter how many chances they got, they weren't going to score. Uh, now the tripping penalty was a bad call and that put him in a bad position. So you can say all those things, but um, yes, I, I think that he is. I, I think that, cause I think Jerry Jones is a great owner. Now you can argue that he medals and, but look, the guy's writing big checks. He's writing big checks for offensive linemen. He's writing big checks for, you know, a bunch of defensive players, DeMarcus Lawrence and Jalen Smith. I mean, and he's going to write a big check for for Dak. I mean, he can't really, he's given him the best facilities in the league um, you know, it's, it's first-class, first-class, first-class. You can't get treated any better. Zeke Elliott's the highest-paid running back in the league. And here you are struggling to stay above five hundred. I mean, yeah, if, if you're Jerry Jones, you're, you should call out the coaching staff. Maybe that's the right move to see if there's just more urgency.
1: And I, I wonder if maybe his uncertainty in Jason Garrett has to do with the fact that they have an extended DAC. I really like Dak as a quarterback, but if you're going to bring in another head coach this offseason, not that you're going to move on from Dak, but you want your head coach presumably to have the guy he wants, and it'll be interesting to see if they do hire a new head coach. If you look at a guy like Matt Rule of Baylor, Lincoln Riley, certainly his name is going to come up. Uh, Urban Meyer has been tossed around. or I wonder if they'll go more the NFL route, but if you're going to bring in a head coach. You want to make sure he's either tied to Dak or you want to bring a guy in that already likes Dak. Mm. Dak against the Patriots, I mean, look, it's pouring rain. It's kind of hard to really judge him. He's playing a really hard defense, had the one bad interception. He said afterwards that you can't blame the coaches. He's the one that had the turnover. But do you think Dak's playing at a level where they should find the head coach that's tied to him, or do you pick a head coach and let him pick his quarterback?
2: Well, you know, he's been in basically two different systems now, and this is Kellen Moore's system, and I'm sure Jason has a big say in what plays get called. It looks like he does sometimes. But I thought this system really fits what Dak does. I mean, he's, he's the general. There's a lot of motion shifting and matchups, and they got some matchups. They just, you know, they couldn't pierce what the what the Patriots were doing. and Not many teams have. They've given up four passing touchdowns all year. But, you know, I mean, if you bring back the tight end and you add all these weapons, you know, Randall Cobb, you, you do all these things. Tony Pollard is drafted, you know, with a high pick. I mean, you do all these things; it does fall on the quarterback to win these games and to put it on his shoulders against the Minnesota Vikings, to put it on his shoulders against the Patriots, and these games that they're losing, and they continue to right. lose against the Jets. I mean, eventually, you know, you go, "Is the cow? Is the quarterback?" I like Dak personally. I've I've said it every week, but you know, eventually, can the quarterback win big games? And Oh, I mean, he's got a a playoff win in four years right now against Seattle, but that's not like a great resume at this point. And, you know, they're struggling. They're struggling right now. I mean, they're not one of the six best teams in the NFL right now. They may win the division, but not one of the six best teams in the league. So that's, you know, with the roster like that, that they're paying those players, that's probably not a great uh, endorsement for your quarterback.
1: Yeah. it's And the winning the big game thing is certainly a conversation. We're having here in Philadelphia about Carson Wentz. It's interesting because Dak early on in his career had the you know the uh, reputation of being able to win those big games. Even last year, they won a lot of close games. He has a lot of game-winning drives in his career. But you're right. The results are what they are. And they're 0-4 this year when he's had a chance to have a game-winning drive. So it's interesting every week just to see how some weeks it looks like they're going to have to pay him the most money ever for a quarterback. Other weeks, it looks like maybe he's headed towards a franchise tag or a deal that maybe he didn't think was going to be as big. Who are you picking in this one? Um, I think the Cowboys do bounce back and get a win. Again, the Bills, I know they find a way to keep winning, but they just don't impress me. And although I like the coaching matchup, actually, I think they have a better head coach than the Cowboys do. In Dallas, Thanksgiving Day game, I don't know if Josh Allen's ready to go in and win that type of game.
2: Well, I saw the Bills last week just take the Denver Broncos apart. Now, the Broncos, you know, they're a mess. But I saw them run 44 times right down their throat for out 240 yards. I mean, Devin Singletary is now the starting back, and that's the right choice. Um, Defensively, I think Tredavious White is on the same level as Stephon Gilmore. He's going to get Amari Cooper. He wants Amari Cooper. I like so many things about this Buffalo Bill team. They're very, very young. But there's a toughness about the team. They play tremendous special teams. It's a huge weakness of the Cowboys. Uh, Andre Roberts is the best returner in the league. He was a big factor last week. I know people aren't in love with Josh Allen. I happen to really like him a lot. Um, He's improving. He is, I think he's got, I think he is, he's not Lamar Jackson as an athlete or Kyler Murray, but he's, he's the next lot notch below as an athlete in this league. And he plays fearless and nothing bothers him. And he's really prepares well. And I like what they're doing. I like John Brown and Cole Beasley and Cole's going back to Dallas. And I'm sure he wants to have a big game. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious how the Cowboys are going to respond after that game. You know, <clears throat> Buffalo was at home last week, and they were all in their apartments and homes when the Cowboys were still playing in the rain and a really disappointing loss, and they got to fly back to Dallas. So it's going to be a really short week for them after being in the mud and the rain. Like, I, I, I like I, – I think Buffalo – I mean, I played in Dallas and played in all these Thanksgiving Day games. I love playing on Thanksgiving in Dallas. But I can see Buffalo going down there and winning the game. I'll take Buffalo in an upset, a shocking upset on Thursday.
1: What's your best memory of playing in Dallas on Thanksgiving?
2: I remember um, we played uh, the New England Patriots before Bill Belichick. So... um, BBB before Bill Belichick in 1984. <laughs> and I was a starting right tackle. We lost all our tackles. I went from guard to tackle. And I played against Leonard Sims, who was the first pick in the draft out of Texas. And I thought, man, this is gonna I'm going to have my hands full. And I had a good game. We won the game. And all my buddies were in town for it. And, you know, we had the next three days off before guys had, you know, victory Monday and Thursday night game, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it was just, it was just the best. It was just, it was just the best feeling, winning that game, playing well. Um, all my buddies were in town. That was a, that was a good Thanksgiving Day uh, memory for me. I,
1: I will say, there, it does seem like – so I've covered two Eagles games on Thanksgiving. Uh, one game, Chip Kelly went to Dallas, and they beat the yeah. Cowboys. They moved to 7-3. Next year, they go to Detroit and get absolutely shellacked, and that was kind of the end of Chip. It does seem like the Thanksgiving Day game – can really kind of make or break a team in that way. Like, it means a lot more. You're playing in front of, you know, everyone in, in the country, but especially your family's normally there because it's Thanksgiving. So it does seem like the game can can mean a lot more. But we have one more game to talk about, a good rivalry game, uh, with, especially with the Falcons playing better. Before we do that, uh, here's a message from Radio.com.
0: Hey everyone, Cody Decker here from Swings and Misses, the Radio.com Sports Original. I played baseball for about a decade, and quite frankly, baseball did everything it could to try and steal away my hairline. Thanks to HIMS, my hairline is coming back thicker and fuller than ever before. 4 is your one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. This Black Friday, secure the best deal of all, a healthier, thicker hairline. No more awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy line. 4HIMS connects you with real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You answer a few quick questions online, a doctor will review and they'll determine whether or not HIMS is right for you. This Thanksgiving when your relatives stay healthy and full, they'll finally be talking about your hair and not the turkey. Try HIMS today by starting out a free online visit. Go to 4 slash swings. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash swings. Prescription products are subject to doctor's approval and require an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. This could cost you hundreds if you went in person to a doctor's office or pharmacy. Remember, that's 4 All
1: right, Saints at Falcons, two teams, like I mentioned, the Falcons have been playing a little bit better as of recently. The Saints, of course, have been one of the better teams in the league throughout the year. They rebounded from that loss to the Falcons. Uh, What what do you look at when you look at this matchup?
2: Well, they played three weeks ago in New Orleans, and for the first time in the Sean Payton-Drew Brees era, the Saints did not score a touchdown in the game. They were held to three field goals. And if you watch them play, I mean, they, they played disciplined zone defense, and the front four got home. Now, they, that, that worked uh, for a couple weeks in a row against the Saints. And then uh, the Falcons last week just completely fell apart uh, in that game uh, that they played against uh, Tampa on Sunday. I mean, they just got it handed by Tampa. And even though they got a couple takeaways from Jameis Winston, I mean, Chris, uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both had monster games. And they went back to looking like the old Falcons. So I'm sure New Orleans you know, remembers the beating that they took just three weeks ago. And I think it's time for, you know, payback from this New Orleans Saints team who struggled. Look, these division games are, I mean, they play three in a row. They play the Bucs. Uh, they played Carolina. And now they play uh, the Falcons. They play three in a row right here. And they're all very, very familiar with one another. Matt Ryan will feel really good going against uh, a Saints defense without Marshawn Lattimore. And you can see a big day from Julio in this game and all that kind of stuff. So I expect at least the Falcons offense to really show up. And I expect Matt Ryan and Drew Brees to go at it probably be somewhere
1: between 60 and 70 points scored in this game. I do wonder if a win on Thanksgiving Day night against the Saints could save Dan Quinn's job. I, I think it, his time has kind of passed there. But I will say, in all the years, you hear players say, "We're going to play hard for this coach to save his job. We want to play for him." Like the Falcons are kind of backing it up. So, do you think Dan Quinn, if he can win this game, he has a chance of staying, or do you think that ship has already sailed?
2: No, it hasn't sailed. I don't believe it has. I know Arthur Blank likes Dan Quinn a lot, and you know he's. You know, do you pull the plug and start over? Do you do you see some sort of fixing that what got him to one and seven to start the season? And you see better overall effort and play, and you know they 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 broke down as much as other teams beat them. And so, do they stop that? So I think this game is 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 probably to your point, uh, pretty paramount. You know, if they just mm-hmm. at home on Thanksgiving night in front of a national TV audience on I think NBC, um, if they go out and they just are awful, and the Saints just run them out of their Mercedes-Benz Stadium then I think that could definitely precipitate a change. But the Falcons and the Dirty Birds play like they did two weeks before that, Uh, and they win the game. I I think Dan Quinn has a very good chance of being safe and most of his staff to be safe.
1: Well, he'd certainly be thankful for a win on Thanksgiving Day night. I agree with you. Baldy, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Just want to wish you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy it. To everybody that's out there listening, I know I can speak for Baldy when I say we're very thankful for you guys continually downloading, listening to us all season. Playoffs are coming. The Episodes are just going to get better and longer. And we appreciate everyone. and very thankful for the fact that everyone's been listening all year.
2: Thanks, Ellie. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And I hope everybody has a safe, happy, and healthy holiday. And enjoy a great day of food and football and family because that's what it's all about.
1: Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on the Prevent Defense Podcast.